I'm telling you, the presence of the Lord is here. You may not get out of here until late this afternoon. I'm just warning you, just telling you. I also want to tell you that what we're going to do next is way out of my comfort zone. But I believe God is going to ask all of us to get out of our comfort zone. He's going to ask us to do things that we feel are uncomfortable. He's going to ask us to do things that we thought we would never be able to do. He's going to ask us to step out and believe him. You know, it's easy to step out when you know where you're stepping, but it's a little bit more difficult when you don't know where you're stepping or when it is against your uh, nature or it's against your, your calling. It's against what you feel like you want to do. And we got to get ready because just like Pastor Rose said, God wants to take Marion. The gathering place wants to take Marion. And Pastor Rose preached, I think it was last month, on the church being leaders, not just followers, but being leaders to set an example for what God wants to do in Marion. But you know what? If you don't get up off of that seat and do something, it's never going to happen. God's going to find somebody else to do it. And I know he wants it. I know I want it. And I know a lot of you want it, want the gathering place to be the leader in the in the city. And not only the gathering place, he wants us to hook arms with with other churches and other believers and march down that street and claim Marion back for Jesus. How many of you remember the Jesus walk? Remember we walked the streets for Jesus and the streets were line and line. But you know what happened? Little by little, people started falling off. Don't be weary in well-doing, but if you faint not... So we have to get up and do something. We are the ones that God wants to use because you see anybody else here? He wants to use you and you have to do it. So if you don't mind standing again, I want you all to sing this song with me. I hope these words stay in your heart. Okay. It'll start in a minute. There it is. The blood that Jesus shed for me Way back on Calvary The blood that gives me strength From day to day It will never lose its power It reaches to the highest mountain And it flows to the lowest valley Oh, the blood that gives me strength From day to day It will never lose its power It soothes my doubts and it calms all my fears and it dries all my tears. The blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose its power. It reaches to the highest mountain. 
It flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power because it reaches to the highest mountain and then it flows down to the lowest valley oh the blood that gives me strength from day to day it will never lose its power Jesus Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Give him praise and honor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood and its power. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We give you glory and honor. Lord, we worship you this morning. We worship you this morning for all you've done. We praise you, Lord, for all you're going to do, Lord. We worship you this morning, God. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We magnify you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 The Lord wants to move. The Lord wants to move. He wants to answer prayer. That that problem that you've been stirring with, that problem that you've been taking to bed with you, that problem you've been getting up with, God wants to give you the answer. He has got the answer for you today. He is here to set you free. He's here to give you the answer. You just need to rely on him. You need to listen for his voice. And then you need to do what he says to do. Because he is here. He is here. He is here. And you just have to surrender your will over to his. And sometimes that's hard to do because we are human and we want our own way. We think we know best. But if you will surrender your will over to his will, he will give you the answer. He will move mountains when you think there's no way to move it. He will open doors when you think that door's been nailed shut. He will move for you because his word is true. His word is true. The blood is as powerful today as it was the day he shed it. The blood of Jesus heals. The blood of Jesus sets you free. And the blood of Jesus will take you where he wants you to go. And it is amazing. It is amazing what God will do. It is amazing what he will do. If you put your faith and your trust in him, He will take you through. And he wants to do it more than you want it done. And I know that's hard to believe. But he wants to do it more. He wants to see the victory. He wants to see his children prosper. He wants to see them to be the leaders of this country. He wants to see them on the top and not the bottom. He will above only and not believe. We are blessed going in. We're blessed coming out. When God is on the scene, he will take care. He will take care. Hallelujah. 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 
Praise you, Lord. 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 You know, we've gotten a habit of coming to church and then thinking it has to be out. You know, like in such and such a time. We have gotten a habit of if we sing too long or pray too long or talk too long, people get nervous. They get, they're looking at their clock to see if they're, they're going to have a line at the restaurant. We have our life so planned out that God doesn't have a place in there. We can't take the time to spend in prayer. We can't take the time to spend in the word. All this is free because I didn't have any of this written down. So we're not charging you for it. It's all free. It's all free. But God wants to get a message out. God wants you to know what he has for you. We are the head and not the tail. We are above only and not beneath. We are blessed. And God wants to bless us even more. But we have got to take the steps to get out there. Okay, that was all. I didn't have that down, but that's free. That was free. That was free. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. 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 We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I've got some thoughts here that I've had in my devotions in the last couple weeks. You know, isn't it kind of interesting how God directs your steps? Isn't it interesting how he puts things in your path, words or whatever, This first one I want you to think about, the thoughts you keep in a loop determine the direction of your life. And you know when, and Steve Furtick said that, but you know how when you loop music and it keeps looping, keeps going over and over and over, the thoughts that you keep in a loop determine the direction of your life. If you think you're a failure, if you think you're never going to mount, if you think you can't be a leader, you keep looping them over in your mind, you'll have exactly what you think. You will have exactly what you think. If you think that God can't move that mountain that's in front of you, and you keep thinking about it, that mountain will still be there. If you, whatever you loop in your mind, because the Bible tells you to cast down those thoughts and those imaginations. The Bible tells you to think on these things. The Bible tells you what to do. But you know what? If you're never in your Bible, you won't know what to do. That was free too. The deeper you go into worship, the more you can love people. Now, there are some people you have to go real deep in worship. Is that not true? Now, you and I, you and I, Kathleen, we're except. We're not some. But the deeper you go in worship, the more you can love people. Do you know why that is? The Pastor Royal talks about worship a lot. Because worship will bring you closer to God. You will become looking more like him. You will be more like him. You know, a lot of times the young girls or some of the old ones too, look at people and they try to be like that person. That's what we should be doing like God. We should be looking at him. And being more like him. And that's because, I don't know if you know this or not. You probably do. People are starving for love. They are starving for love. And they look everywhere for love. And God has the answer for them. We have the answer for them. 
And it's God. It's his love. But if we don't spend more time in worship and the half hour, 45 minutes we do here on one time a week, not enough, guys. Not enough, guys. I have a friend. I won't mention any names. But I have a friend. We were talking about this last week. And she was talking about some of the struggles that she was having. I said, you know what? If you get up and you start worshiping at home. She plays the piano. So you start worshiping at home. You will be surprised what happens. You know what? She did it. Made a difference. Made a big difference. Made a big difference in her day. Made a big difference in when she went to church. It made a big difference because she had prepared her heart to receive the word before she ever got to church. And so she was willing. She was, she was a ripe for, uh, soil for the word to be, the seeds to be planted in there. And so worship has to be more than just on Sunday morning. And this last one I'm going to tell you. Someone sent me an email. It was just really a bunch of jokes. But at the end of it, it said, preach the gospel at all times. And if necessary, use words. St. Francis, Assisi, is that the way you pronounce his name? Live, preach the gospel at all times. Live it day by day. Your actions, your words, your deeds. And then if necessary, you can talk to them. But people are watching your life. They're watching how you're handling all this fear that's going on. They're watching how you are handling the situations in life. Are you going to bail? Are you going to crack? Are you going to do what? Are you going to depend on the word of God like Pastor Roe was talking about? What are you going to do when fear comes? What are you going to do when things happen? You're going to rely on the word of God. And the word of God, my sister, when she reads books, she always reads the last page first because she wants to know how it ends before she gets started. You can do that, too, if you want to. You can read the last words of the, of the New Testament in Revelation and see how it happens. If you want to know how it ends before you get started, you can do that. Now, some people think that ruins her excitement during the book, but she said, no, she wants to know what happens. She's just that way. But it's the same thing with the Word of God. But I'm going to talk today about the power. Will ne- the blood will never lose its power. The blood will never lose its power. And the songs they sang, the words that Pastor Rose spoke, even what Teresa, uh, Minister Teresa spoke, it all falls in line with what this is. How many of you here are old enough to remember the song, Power in the Blood? I don't know. Did we sing that here? Did they sing it in a different, don't sing it here? I sing it so much, I don't know if I heard it here or heard it somewhere else. The Power of the Blood is an old song, but it's got so much meaning. It's got so much meaning. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free? I can go all of what I want. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood. It takes the blood to relieve you from sin. Would your freedom, your victory win? There's power in the blood. If you have victory, there's power in the blood. It's the blood of Jesus. He just didn't do that for nothing. He did it for a purpose. Everything God did, he had a plan. He had a plan. And when the blood was shed, he had a plan. And that was his plan. Uh, back in the Old Testament, you know, when the high priest would go into the uh, Holy of Holies one time a year, and first they would cleanse themselves with the blood of an animal, and then they would cleanse the people with the blood of the animal called atonement. 
But it only covered the, the sins. It only covered the shortcomings. But Jesus' blood washes every sin away. It takes it away. It don't just cover it. It takes it away. It removes it. Every mistake you've made, everything you've done, Satan, he can't bring it back up. Well, he can bring it back up if you let him, but don't let him. Because the blood washes it away. It's thrown in the sea of forgetfulness never to be remembered again. It's away from you. But uh, blood represents life. Without blood, a creature or person could not live. Jesus' blood represents life. It gives life to me. It gives life to you. But I want to talk about the power of the blood. Uh, sometimes I have a discussion with my son, and we talk about things in the Old Testament, like King David. He made a lot of errors. They made a lot of errors in the Old Testament. But when Jesus came, shed his blood, he left, he rose from the dead, he went to heaven, he sent back the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, to live within you. Now, those old guys back in the Old Testament didn't have that. But in the New Testament, you have the Holy Ghost that lives within you. Okay? One of his jobs is to lead you and guide you and convict you. And when you're getting ready to do something that's not according to God's word, the Holy Ghost will, 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 tempt, will uh, tip you on the shoulder. The Holy Ghost will speak to you and say, you have the decision right then. Am I going to listen to the Holy Ghost or am I going to do what I want to do? And it's no excuse for, you know, when back in the Old Testament. And, you know, sometimes people always bring up the Old Testament. The Old Testament, the light and the thing of the New Testament. But we have so much more because of the blood. We have so much more because Jesus died and went to heaven and sent back the Holy Ghost to live within us. He's the comforter and he's within us. Our first uh, scripture today is going to be Ephesians 6 and 10. And the first verse, uh, the first thing is on uh, in the King James. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. The Amplified says, In conclusion, be strong in the Lord, draw your strength from him, and be empowered through your union with him and in the power of his boundless might. Then the message. And that about wraps it up. God is strong. And he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set for you. Well-made weapons of the best material. And put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. There is no, this is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget in about a couple hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. That's what the message says. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. A lot of people are strong in a lot of things, but it's not the Lord. This is a verse about a supernatural power 
God has made available for our fight with the unseen demonic powers that come to war against the soul. When Pastor Teresa was talking about uh, wayward children, that's a demonic force that's pulled them out there. It's a rebellious thing that's pulled them out there. This verse is about the supernatural power that God has made available for our fight with the unseen, with our fight to fight against those things that are pulling our kids out into the world or our family out into the world or whoever. Now, we're going to get into some uh, Greek words, and I am not a Greek student, just to warn you ahead of time. I might even spell them for you, but I'm not Greek. The word strong, be strong in the Lord, is used at the first verse, is taken from the word endonamio, or something like that. It's a Greek word, which describes a power whose purpose is to infuse a believer with an excessive dose of inward strength. Be strong in the Lord. He's telling you the power whose purpose is to infuse you, a believer, with the excessive dose of inward strength. That's what being strong in the Lord means. He wants to put that power in you. He wants that power to be in you. It's a compound of words in and deutimus. The word in means in, and the word deutimus means, got to get this, explosive strength, ability, and power. It's where we get the word dynamite. That is the power that God wants to put in you. He wants that power in you. So when you go out, you can do the work of the Lord. But I want to tell you right now, dynamite's a uh, uh, dangerous thing. If you don't know how to handle dynamite, (laughs) you could be in trouble. So you've got to know how to handle that dynamite before you get there and use the dynamite. And so how do, you, how do you know? How do you get the strong power? How do you know how to use it? You get in the word of God. You come to church. You listen to your pastor. You go and learn. You don't just go out like, you know, not knowing anything. And the word presents the picture of an explosive power that is being deposited into some type of container vessel, or other form of receptacle. The very nature of this word means that there must be some type of a receiver for this power to be deposited into. Do you want to be a receiver? Do you want that power deposited into you? Then you have things you have to do because there's a responsibility that comes when this power comes. When you're handling dynamite, there's responsibility there. When you're handling this power, there's a responsibility there. So you have to be a receiver of the power. You have to be known how to handle it. This is where we come in. We are specifically designed by God to be the receptacles of divine power. Because when Jesus died on the cross, he died for all of us. Because he knew, you know, he wasn't going to be here. We are his hands, his feet, his eyes, his voice. That's what we are. We were designed to receive this power. Paul was saying, receive a supernatural, strengthening, internal deposit of power 
into your inner man. You know, um, what was that guy's name? There was a, a missionary that was so anointed that they were having some kind of a disease. I don't know if it was blue bonnet or whatever. It was some kind of a disease. And when they put the germs on his hand or his arm and looked under a microscope, those germs died. He was so full of the power of God. He was so full. And God, that is still possible today. That is still possible today. And we read about John Lake and Wigglesworth, Smith Wigglesworth and all those people back there. What happened to it? Did the power die? Did the blood stop being powerful? No. We have moved away. There was another guy, uh, Summers, I think was his last name. He was over in some uh, country, and he was in bed at night, and it was dark. And, you know, in the third world countries, there's a lot of demonic activity. And there was some demons that came in and pushed this bed out in the middle of the floor. And he said, they, the demon wanted him to get up and put the bed back. And he said, no, you put it there, you put it back. And the, he put the bed back. But he had the power. He had that power. He had that explosive power. He had been there. God is the giver. We are the receptacles in to which the power is to be deposited. But if you don't spend time with God, it won't be deposited. If you don't read your word and you don't get into it with your praise and worship, it will not be deposited. Ephesians 6.10 could be translated to mean... Be infused with supernatural strength and ability. Be empowered with this special touch of God's strength. Receive this inner strengthening. God wants you and me to have supernatural strength and ability. I really believe we're living in a time when you're going to need it. We are living in a time when you're going to have to call on the word of God. We are living in a time you may have to pray your food in. We are living in a time when protection may be the thing that you need. You may have to pay protection around your house. You may have to pay, pray protection on your body. You may have to do all of this. But, you know, it's kind of like when, a, uh, when they're in those weightlifting things, they don't wait till there's time for the weightlifting show and then say, oh, I got to run over here and do this. That won't work. They build up and they build up and they build up. And we need to do the same thing. We can't wait till the guy's at the door trying to break in and pray, oh, Lord, give me protection. We need to start praying protection today. We need to start praying for deliverance today. <clears throat> the word power is taken from a Greek word, kratos. It's described as demonstrated power. It's not a word that you believe intellectually. It's a power that is demonstrated, eruptive, and tangible. How long has it been, or are, is any of you here that have seen the power of God move, where a miracle had to take place? You know, uh, when uh, Josephine's mom was in the hospital and she read Genesis 3, that wasn't the first time she read Genesis 3, because she had read it before because it was in her spirit. It was her faith was built up. She didn't wait till she was laying there on the bed and thinking, oh, dear Lord, I need this. She had put that in her spirit before. It most always comes with some type of external outward manifestation that you can actually see with your eyes. That's what kind of power that is. It almost always comes that way. And in Ephesians 1... 19 and 20, 
And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which we wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. When God raised Jesus from the dead, he used the very same Krotos power to do it. I was thinking this morning when I was going over this, you know, Jesus was dead, right? He was just laying there in the tomb, right? He didn't have to do anything, did he? But power came in. But before he died, he had a relationship with God the Father. He spent time with God the Father. He had the word of God within him. Now, when he was dead, he just laid there. God took care of it all. But he had that. He had that relationship. He had that thing there with him. The phrase, the power of his might, is the same identical phrase used in Ephesians 6.10 to denote the power that is working behind the scenes to energize us. To energize us. This power that God used when he raised Jesus from the dead is the same exact identical power that is now at work in us. It is the same power. Do we use that power? I don't most of the time. But I, I see that God is drawing me, drawing us to get closer to him because we're going to need this power. We're going to need this power. What if? I know uh, when Abby and the, the uh, young people walk on the streets and minister on the streets, what if they met the lame man that Peter and John met? What if they said, silver and gold have I none, but with such I have I give unto you and take him by the hand and raise him up? What do you think that would happen to Marion? When those things happen, when the drug addict is set free, when they go, but you see, they have to have that word in them. They have to have that power in them. In Romans 8 and 11, it says, But the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth within you. That same power. We have that same power. He wants us to be his hands and feet. He wants us to reach out to people. But God is stirring us to say, have a desire, to have a desire to be more like him, to be more like Jesus, to be more like the things that Jesus did when he was on earth that we can do now. The Kratos power is so overwhelming. Remember, that was the power that raised Jesus from the dead, that the Roman soldiers that guarded Jesus' tomb on that resurrection morning fainted and crumbled to the ground beneath the full load of this divine force. And the soldiers continued to lie prostrate on the ground, paralyzed and unable to move until the resurrection was complete. That power was so powerful. The power that raised Jesus from the dead was an eruptive power, a demonstrated power, an outwardly visible power. It was the strongest kind of power known to man. I was just thinking, remember when Peter walked the streets and his shadow healed the people? Okay, did he not have to be with God? Did he not have this power within him and just his very shadow? And now Paul uses a very 
word to describe the power that's available for our use. With, the, with this presence of the Holy Spirit working in our lives, we can expect the very same power that raised Jesus from the dead to operate in us. Are you afraid? Are you scared? Do I have any takers? I mean, are we willing for that? Are we willing for that? Are we willing to, to go and do whatever we have to do that our kids are set free? That our kids are brought back in? Are we ready to do whatever we have to do that cancer's healed? Are we ready to do whatever we need to do? That these people that are lost, that are in drugs, that are in alcohol, that are in all these things, that we have the power that, you know, if you have that power within you and you walk by them, that they can sense that power and come to you and say, I need you, I want you, and you can minister out to them. Are we ready for that? Are we takers for that? Or are we just going to come every Sunday and sit and listen to Pastor Roe preach? And he does an excellent job. Are we going to not remember what he preached by the time we get out to the parking lot and never put it into practice? Are we, are we ready to step out? Are we ready to do the things that we are afraid to do? Are we ready to step out of our comfort zone? Are we ready to do the things, you know, in the end times, there's going to be miraculous things. I don't know if this is the end time. I'm ready for the Lord to come, but I don't know if it's time or not, but I want to be ready. I want to do things. I want to see people saved. I want to see them move. I want to see the power of God set people free. And, but if I don't do my part, God can't do his part. If I don't do my part, you know, it may not happen. You influence, I forget, 10 people in your lives or how many people you're responsible for those. But just think about walking down the streets and that your shadow, people getting healed. Going into hospitals and clean them out. Is this impossible? No, it is possible because the word of God says it is. And it is possible to do, but we got to get on fire. We got to get on fire and we got to do what God wants us to do. In the... Um, with the present, uh, in, let's look at the word might in, in Ephesians 6 and 10. <clears throat> Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In the Amplified, it says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord, draw your strength from him, and be empowered through your union with him and in the power of his boundless might. And when I read that, through your union with him, I thought about the wedding ceremony yesterday. Jesus is the bridegroom. We're the bride. Are we not supposed to be in union with him as a, as a marriage union? Are we not supposed to have the intimacy with him? Are we not supposed to do the things, spend time with him and learn of him? The word might is taken from a Greek word. And you know when I get all of these Greek words, when you get into the Greek words, they mean a lot different sometimes than what we think they do. And so if you want to get into it, you need to get a, some kind of a strong concordance or something and learn these words. But the word might is taken from a Greek word that conveys the picture of a very, very strong man, such as a bodybuilder or a might. Mighty man with great muscular capabilities, kind of like Pastor Rowe. 
Paul applies this picture of a strong, muscular man, not to himself, but to God. And I will say with that, you know, it may, that strong, muscular man, it may not be in the physical, but spiritually. Yeah, spiritually. And he is a strong, muscular man spiritually. And he is. And there's others in the church that are too. But we always look on the outside. We always want to see this like this. And they may be a puny little skinny runt in the spirit. But you give me that muscle man that's in the spirit. And you give me that one that I can count on to go to in prayer. You give me that one that can give me the word of God. I don't care how he is physically. I want that man spiritually to be a strong man. I want him to be able to lift all them barbell things. And I want him to be able to break those boards. And I want him to be able to go into the Holy of Holies with me and pray. And see deliverance come. And give me the answer from the word. That was free too. Okay, the word, this word is demonstrated outwardly, manifested, erupt, eruptive power of God, and now operates in every believer. But the, uh, the other one is the force that works behind the Kratos power. It's the force behind that power, that eruptive power that makes that eruptive power go. It's that muscle man behind that makes that power erupt. It's that muscle man behind that gives you the strength and the power to go. And so, uh, we need to, uh, we need to start getting our spiritual man like in a gym like a spiritual gym. We need to build up those muscles. We need to learn the word of God. We need to do all of that. Uh, why is Kratos' power as so strong, demonstrative, as in the resurrection of, the de- of Jesus from the dead? Because God's muscles are backing it up. That's what makes it powerful. It's the muscles of God backing it up. The words in Ephesians 6.10 Uh, are so powerful that they convey this idea. Be strong in the Lord and in a powerful, outwardly demonstrated ability that works in you as a result of God's great muscular ability that is working behind the scenes. When we go out and 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 lame people are healed, blinded eyes are opened, It's not you. It's that muscle that's behind you. It's that muscle that's behind you that's going to do it. And I also want to get to the word dunamis before I run out of time here. In Acts 1 and 4, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard me. Now this is Jesus talking to his disciples. And, and telling them what to do. And then in Acts 1 and 8. But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me. Both in Jerusalem. And in all Judea. And in Samaria. And unto the uttermost part of the earth. God was looking for vessels. To put that Katro's power in. He is looking for vessels today to put that dynamite in. He's looking for vessels today to use that power 
for his good, for his glory. Not ours, but for his. And that's just what they got on the day of Pentecost. That's just what they got. Because Peter stood up. And you know, Peter, Peter's my man. Because Peter, he's my man. Because he was always shooting off his mouth, you know. He's my man. But you look at all Peter did after the Holy Ghost came. You look at him. Isn't that true? But you know, when when he would shoot his mouth off, you know, like when he uh, uh, told Jesus, you know, he was trying to put Jesus down, and Jesus said, you know, get behind me, Satan. He came right back. He came right back. He never gave up. He might shoot his mouth off and be totally wrong, but he always came right back. He did not give up. And so... um, that was uh, when the vessel, the power was looking, he was looking for vessels for that power to be put into, 120 of them on the day of Pentecost. They got the power. They got that song. They got the power. They got the power. There's a song that that's all they say. They got the power. Uh, <laughs> it's like, didn't take them long to write that one, did it? No, it's kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry. But the dunamis power that God, that God deposited in that 120 that day that came alongside them, it comes alongside them to give you strength. It comes alongside you to guide you and direct you. It comes alongside you to help you do whatever it is that you have to do. It's where they get the word dynamo. And, you know, the power plants with the dynamo and all the water running and all the power Yet all the power that it has, we have that same power. That's the not the water power, but we have the Holy Spirit power. That's the dunamis power that we have. I mean, Peter preached, and they added to the church daily. People were healed. Uh, the, sand, uh, the court took notice that they had been with Jesus because they were unlearned men. But they knew that they had been with Jesus because they knew what, you know, that they could tell the difference in them. And so that's what that power did. This happened to, uh, I want to show you the, uh, the power of God when you've been betrayed. Now, there's probably nobody here that's ever been betrayed, right? Or you've been let down. Have you ever been let down? And sometimes it's fun to talk about the power and the healing and the setting free and the saving. But that's not all life is. Because sometimes you are betrayed. Sometimes you are let down. And sometimes someone you thought was faithful to you disappointed you. This happened to Timothy when he was serving as senior pastor of a church at Ephesus. The leaders he thought would be faithful to the end had apparently walked out and left him a moment of trouble. You've never experienced that, have you, Pastor Rome? I always tell everybody, if you've been in church two weeks, you've had some kind of a upset or hurt. So don't let that discourage you. I mean, it's true. Is it not true? But don't let that discourage you. Do you know what that is? That's a trick of the enemy to get you out. I mean, learn to recognize who it is. Don't let him win. Don't let him win. I always say I'm coming because I'm not giving anybody the satisfaction of me not being there. Even if I'm late, I'm going to be there. But you have to learn that you're going to have disappointments in life. People are going to betray you. People are going. I know you find this hard to believe. There are people who don't like me. I know you find that hard to believe. But there are. There are. There are people who don't like me. I can't worry about those people that don't like me. 
Because there's so many that do like me. But the hurt and the pain Timothy felt from being abandoned by those he had trusted was so intense, he had a, written a, uh, Paul a letter. And Paul was in jail, I think, at the time. But in 2 Timothy 4.16, at my first answer, Paul was writing this to Timothy, at my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsake me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Now, Paul was a pretty good guy, right? He did a lot of things. See, he had people who betrayed him. So you can't get in the mullet grubs because somebody betrays you or that. You have to realize where it comes from, and you have to seek God. Paul was saying, not only did they not come forward to support me and stand with me, they walked out on me and abandoned me at the worst possible moment. Paul went on to say in verse 17, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of a lion. Paul was saying, they all left me. They all deserted me, but God stood there and strengthened me. He didn't leave me. He will never leave you, and he'll never forsake you. But I will tell you this right now. It is not always the way you think it's going to happen. It doesn't always work out the way you think it's going to happen. But you have to put your faith and trust in God to know that he knows more than you know and that he's going to take care of the situation. The word strengthened, which refers to an empowerment or an inner strengthening. It's the same word as dunamis in the Greek. Remember dunamis that comes along beside you? He's like a dynamo. He comes along beside you. In the moment Paul felt so abandoned, he received a supernatural infilling, infilling of divine power that literally supercharged him to bravely and victoriously face one of the most difficult times in his life. The moment Paul discovered he had no friends to lean on was the exact moment that the power of God filled him anew and made him supernaturally strong for the situation he was facing. I can personally tell you there are times that people will say, I will do this, I'll be there if you need anything, call me, blah, blah, blah. And when you do, they don't show up. But I can tell you, God's strength is always there. He always provides. He always is there to support you. He's there to give you strength. When you think your heart is going to fall right out of your chest, and they've done the Mexican hat dance on it how many times, and you think you're not going to be able to make it, God is there. The Holy Spirit is there to give you that strength that you need to go on. But if you don't press into that strength, you won't get it. But when he comes and gently gives in beside you, you just snuggle back up to him. And he will give you the strength to take you through whatever it's going to do. There have been times, and I'm sure everybody here can uh, uh, relate to this. There have been times I didn't think I was going to be able to get up the next morning. There have been times that I just thought, oh, dear Lord, I hope the sun doesn't come up tomorrow, (laughs) you know. I mean, I'm being real. There are times it's been like that. But you know what? The sun did come up. 
It didn't care that I didn't want it to. It still came up. But when you start pressing into God, he takes that oil and he just kind of pulls it over you. And he soothes you and he strengthens you. He comforts you. He loves you. And he makes a way. He makes a way for you. He opens doors for you. He moves mountains for you. He will do those things for you that nobody else can do. It takes him to do all those things. Now, I don't know what your situation is, but whatever your situation is, whether you've been hurt, whether you've been betrayed, whether you, you lost a loved one, you've lost a job, or you have kids that you think are just driving you right up the wall, and you think there's no hope for that child, I'm here to tell you there's hope. There is hope. I'll use my daughter. She's not here. She's in Florida. She may not even watch us, so she won't know I'm talking about her. But she, she did that to me. But you know what? God took care of it. But you know what? It wasn't the way I wanted it. I didn't want it the way it was. But God has moved in her life. She's a pastor's wife. She leads worship in Florida. And she does all those things. One, someday, one day I was at the doctor's office with one of her kids, and the nurse asked me, said, did you ever think Kara would be a pastor's wife? I said, good Lord, no. <laughs> didn't even have a hope. I didn't even have hope. I didn't. I'm being honest. I didn't have a hope. There were days I could have killed her. Kara, get out of my face before I kill you. I've had it. And you go through things like this with your kids. You do. And there are some of you sitting here right today that you're just blessed you're still here. Because you were all a child at one time yourself. So you're just blessed that your parents didn't kill you. But God, I'm saying, but God takes care of it. Did it look like it was going to happen? No, it did not. I cried many tears. I've cried more tears over my daughter than I ever did my son. Because she about drove me crazy. But you know what? God had his hand on her. And he certainly didn't do it the way I would have done it. Because it would have been a lot easier on me if he'd done it the way I wanted it done. But he didn't do it that way. And I want to tell you, when you're in those situations, you better press into God because it takes faith. It takes the strength of God that you aren't in jail because you killed him. And so you have to realize that whatever situation you're in, whatever it is, press into God. And I tell my kids, I don't care what happens. If you press into God, you come out victorious. Now, it doesn't always look like when you're in the middle of it, you're going to be victorious. But you will be victorious when you press into God because God's word does not lie. And he is a faithful God. But you have to realize that, and this is a hard thing to learn sometimes too. He knows more than you do. And that's hard sometimes. Because it looks like, God, if you just do this, this would all work out. But that's not the way he does it. Because he not only sees this, he sees the end over here. And he knows. And so you, and I will say that while I'm saying this, watch your, watch your mouth when all, you're going through all this. Watch your words. Watch what you say. And just stand on the word and quote the word. Because your words are powerful, and that's a whole new sermon. I could preach that, and we could get out of it, too. That's a whole new sermon, your words. But 
I don't care what situation you're in. I want you to think about the power that God wants to put in your receptacle. The power that he wants to work through you. And I want you to get so hungry for that power that you, you can't eat, sleep, or anything until you get into that word. Till you get there. That power that God has for you. And if you have a situation that you need prayer, we will pray with you today. If you have something that is that you feel like you can't face alone, we'll pray for you today. If you're game to have that power put inside you, we'll pray with you today. If, if whatever it is that you need, we will stand with you and we will pray. And I will also encourage you that to have friends that share the word with you. Have friends that will call you when you're not in the right position or you're not doing something right. We'll say, hey, you need to straighten up here. Have friends that you can be accountable to. Have friends that are accountable to you. And share the word of God because there's strength in sharing the word of God. I will guarantee you, I don't care what you're going through, if you get with somebody and you start talking about the word and you start sharing the word, you're going to feel better when it's over with, when that conversation's over with. You are going to feel better. But if you talk about all the bad stuff you heard on the news report or if you talk about all the junk that's going on, you're going to be lower and depressed then than you were when you got there. So share the word. Share the word with people and encourage each other. Encourage each other and challenge them. Challenge them. Challenge them to get that power down in their receptacle. Challenge them to, to move closer to God. Challenge them to do. We challenge everybody and everything else. Why can't we challenge them spiritually? So we need to do that. And if you need prayer or anything, we will certainly pray with you. And as Pastor Rowe comes, uh, it's been fun sharing the word with you. It has been fun. Oh,